Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, live on this Monday, the 27th of March. March Madness is upon us. Everybody's brackets are broken. Cinderella is all over the place. And, of course, the Final Four will be right here in the Valley of the Sun. No word. By the way, if the Russians hacked the NCAA tournament, but we'll keep you posted. I'm sure that they must have been involved as, what was it, Gonzaga, South Carolina, Oregon, who, I guess, Gonzaga and South Carolina had never been. Oregon, the last time they went, it was the very first Final Four, what, 1939, and they have never been back. I guess the one, North Carolina. So uh, the tourist attraction that is Arizona will continue uh, as the Final Four is going to be played right here. So for all of us locals, sorry about that. That just means another another week of traffic <laughs> if it wasn't bad enough. But uh, I didn't really get to catch a lot of the games. I was actually watching my youngest son play most of the weekend, but the little bit I got outside while the weather was, it was incredible this weekend. Really, really was. I hope you were able to at least uh, get out and enjoy it. Uh, our website at allamericangold.com. Uh, we've made, I think, some improvements to the shopping carts. So when you go out there, uh, they'll be a little less cluttered. Uh, we, when you first go out, it'll show our core items, and then you'll see the gold tab, the silver tab. We've also added a platinum, palladium, and rhodium tabs. We'll be putting product in those tabs uh, here shortly. Uh, speaking of rhodium, uh, if you recall, and I know a couple of you have, because the ones that took advantage when I told you to take advantage have been reminding me how well. Matter of fact, rhodium now up over 50% from when I told all of you uh, that it was an absolute buy. Uh, rhodium's now over $900 to the ounce. As a matter of fact, $910 uh, to the ounce this morning. Silver back above 18. You shouldn't be surprised. Uh, gold as well. Gold's what, 1255 and, and counting. Uh, the, the big news, no votes. No vote on the repeal of Obamacare, which essentially was Hey, we're not going to be repealing it. The Republicans couldn't get their act together and had, uh, I guess, I don't know, what was it? They needed 22, couldn't be more than 22 uh, Republican House of Representative members uh, to, to uh, not support legislation. I heard that it was over 30. And so it will not be going to the Senate. Uh, the Trump administration says they're now moving on to tax cuts instead. Uh, but that has not made the markets very happy. Uh, the Dow's actually uh, recovered just a well, actually recovered about almost a hundred points because it was down uh, quite heavily this morning. Uh, and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Here's the thing: this this is the problem. The problem is, this is how Washington works, right? None of these guys want to do anything. 
And, and I saw a number. And, and I want to say it was like 50, it was actually maybe even more than 50 times that the Republicans in the House of Representatives have voted to repeal Obamacare. 50-something times when Obama was in office. The first time we get a Republican who says, hey, I'm going to pass it, it doesn't happen. Right? You start thinking about that. And you, you realize this is what we're up against. None of these guys and gales that we put in there really want to do anything. They want to talk about doing stuff, but they actually don't want to, especially anything that would involve less government. Right? I mean, who cares how much it costs? And I think that just kind of it really drives the point home. The the odds are just stacked against us, aren't they? Uh, and and I and I know that. I agree. I get it, right? We want everything to be free, don't we? I mean, look at how why Bernie Sanders was so popular. You know, you think about it, I think Eric was right. If the Democrats would have just got out of the way and let Bernie win, because nobody wanted to vote for Hillary, right? He'd be, in, he'd be the president right now, right? And what did he run on? A platform of free everything for everybody. I don't think he missed anybody. When you start thinking about how all of this is really going to work, you know, we 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 talk about freedom, but most people really don't want to be free. I'm coming to that conclusion. Most people, unfortunately today, want the government to help them. Right, it's kind of like the millennial, right? They they want mommy and daddy to help them, and mommy and daddy want the government to help them. And I don't know, I don't know when all of that changed. I mean, when's the last time you heard people talk about less government and balanced budgets and and any of that stuff? Now we just talk about how we can take uh, uh, away one thing to add to another thing so government stays as big as it's ever been. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. By the way, if you're not following us on Facebook, you missed an opportunity to enter into our second silver contest. As a, I put it up on Thursday evening, briefly talked about it on Friday's show. Uh, you had to have your guesses submitted uh, by yesterday uh, to to have your chance to win as the uh, at the the price of silver at the end of the month. And let's just say. Looks like it's going to be on the high side. Uh, just a quick look, just just for because I was curious. Wanted to get a feel for how the markets were doing so far this year. Now remember, uh, we had a rate hike at the end of December, well, middle middle half, 
rate hike again here last week. Gold started the year closed 2016 at 1145. Now 1260, which is up 10.04% so far this year. Silver closed at $16.24. It's now $18.04. It's up 11.08%. Now the Dow, which, right, we've had the Trump rally and all of that stuff. And yes, the Dow has lost, you know, maybe 400 points in the last couple of weeks, I guess, since the rate hike. The Dow was at 19,872. It's currently at 20,532. It's up 3.32%. So once again, I know that, that it's not sexy, right? The buying the gold isn't the, and silver isn't as sexy, and you don't get all the, Right, you get everybody telling you how great the stock market is. Even if you gave the Dow back the 400 points and got it back to 20,900, it would only be up 5.3%. So you really got hard assets, again, doubling what the Dow has returned. And, and really, this is year two. Gold outperformed the, the stocks last year going to outperform stocks again this year and the next year and the next year and the next year. But I just wanted to to put that out there for everybody in case you were following at home. I, and I had two articles in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, one was from today. One was on the weekend that really uh, kind of drove home what it is that I've been trying to let all of you, you know, share the information that I have with all of you. Because it's not, you don't get this on the idiot box. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about this. They just want to talk about all the reasons why, you know, you, you need to be into these debt markets. And really, there was only one reason, which was interest rates. And if those aren't going to go the right direction, then there really isn't a reason. And I hate to to be that blunt about it, but that's the fact. You know, in the last three years, the company, the S&P 500 as an example, none of those companies are making any more money today than they did three years ago. None of them. And I say none, I'm sure there's a few, but the average is zero. But yet stock prices are, are up quite a bit in that time. Why is that? Well, the only reason is because true price discovery has not has not been allowed. Right? And this is what creates bubbles. When you create an artificial market you create a bubble. And so I'm going to start with today's article. It was actually on A3. Big headline. 
decline in home ownership hits the economy. <laughs> and you think about it, I mean, this is huge, but this has been the trend ever since the crash. Declines in home ownership continue. Right? Even though they say home prices are back. Right? Most places they're at all-time highs. Yet less people own them. And then you start thinking about the home sales that we are getting. Who's buying them? Because it's obviously not the average person. But here's what the Wall Street Journal reported. The decline in home ownership rates to near 50-year lows. You think about it wiped out pretty much a generation. You know, you think about when most people buy their first home. They're probably, what, in their 20s? And I say most people, I don't know about the millennials. I have no idea. But most people. Right? Which means 50 years later, let's just say 25. You're now 75. And they're saying that less people own a home today as a percentage of the population than 50 years ago. It says that that is one of the reasons the U.S. economy has a sluggish recovery from the latest recession. And you start thinking about what I've been talking about. If you create a fake artificial market, you get bubbles. If the home building industry had returned to the long-term average, right, just the average, it says the level of construction, it would have added more than $300 billion to the economy last year, or 1.8% boost to GDP. Right, right, if you think about it, that would essentially have doubled the GDP. More than doubled, because last year GDP averaged one6 according to a study released Monday by Rosen Consulting Group. Of course, now they are a real estate consultant group. I want to point that out. So I guess my point being the 1.8 is probably a little fluffy. But still, even if it was half that, in 2016, spending on housing declined to 15.6% of GDP. You think about it, that's still a pretty big chunk, right? 15.6% of gross domestic product. The 60-year average is 19. And so you're thinking about, you know, we're we're coming up on a almost a 20 20% decline. The share on, on spending specifically linked to new home construction and remodeling declined to only 3.6% of GDP. That's 50% less than the average. 
And it says if lenders were to ease credit standards back to the early 2000 levels, that could jumpstart home purchasing, <laughs> which is true. Right? If they just went, hey, listen, anybody breathing, here you go. If you want to get the economy going, the article says, housing is typically the flywheel. And here's the problem. All of these homes, at the when, when the market crashed, and especially we know here, no one knows the crash better than Arizona. What happened to all of those homes? Where did they go? Who bought them? And, and the realities are, Wall Street bought them. How? Well, first they changed a few laws. Don't worry about that. Then they brought interest rates, what, down to nothing. Then they said, hey, we need help getting these bad loans off the bank's books. Right? <laughs> and then they created all of these, I don't even know what to call them, subsidiaries, for lack of a better term. That's probably as good as any. And they started buying homes by the thousands. Creating what? An artificial market. Led by cheap money, right? Federal Reserve had money next to none, pretty much free <laughs> for these big people. Because let's face it, they don't borrow like you and I borrow. And they bought up all of this property. Property that should have been able to be bought by who? By us at prices far less than where they're at. And now what you have is what people out there who want to buy a home, would love to buy a home, and are either what? They're either buying a home that's way overpriced, and I say overpriced just because the supply has been bought out. Right, I keep going, you know, economics 101, supply and demand. When there's no supply, prices rise. Who does that make richer? Well, it doesn't mean, you know, used to be hey, homeowners benefited from that. And not that, let's, let's face it, there's still a lot of people that own their home out here. But if you owned your home, you bought your own, you had the unfortunate pleasure of buying your home at the peak out here. You're probably still not to even. Maybe close, but you're probably still not even. But now they're saying that, you know, most people, what, they can't afford it. Or if they bought a home, what, it takes up an even bigger part of their income. And again, we aren't the ones that, what, that get to prosper. The Wall Street banks were allowed to buy homes by the thousands. Right? They acted like, what, no one was going to buy them? People would have bought them. Right? They would have. They would have bought them for 50000 
thousand. But we never got the chance to do it. And then they want to claim that they fixed it. Then you talk about the retailers. This was the weekend article. It says that woes depressed mall REITs, right? And we know all about all of these store closings. Why wouldn't have these stores closed during the crash when they were supposed to? Again, supported by the Federal Reserve, supported by their ability to what? Borrow more money, refinance debt, and try to avoid the inevitable. And here's the reality. All of these retail places, they've got more, got to close, probably half of all of the strip malls and big malls probably have to close. All of these hundreds of thousands of homes that Wall Street owns need to get back onto the market. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast delivering a conservative pro-family perspective since 1983. As an author, speaker, and the founder of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Mrs. Schlafly spent an astounding 70 years in public service, protecting and defending the Constitution, the unborn, and America's sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. It's rare for the federal government to lose in court, especially when it asserts law enforcement interests. That's why it's all the more surprising that the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit ruled against the federal government's demand to access data on computers owned by American companies abroad. This important case is called Microsoft Corporation versus United States. In the government's petition for rehearing by the court, the government lost by a tie vote of 4-4. to four. A majority is needed to grant rehearing, and the government fell short by merely one vote. The federal government had ordered Microsoft to turn over copies of emails that were being stored on its computer servers in Ireland. The government relied on the Stored Communications Act, which was signed into law by President Reagan in 1986 as Title II of the Electronic Communications Privacy Act. A federal magistrate judge had found probable cause that emails held on computer servers in Ireland contained evidence of a crime. Microsoft had control of those computer servers, but they refused to comply with the order since the servers were outside of the United States. Microsoft even allowed itself to be held in contempt of court rather than turn over the emails. They immediately appealed the ruling to the Second Circuit, where Microsoft prevailed in a unanimous decision allowing it to withhold the emails. The Second Circuit held that the Electronic Communications Privacy Act does not extend to data on computer servers located outside the United States. On the petition for rehearing by the entire Second Circuit, each of four judges asserted their passionate dissents. This was an extraordinary display of their disapproval of the ruling by the court to allow companies to conceal emails from law enforcement. The judges on both sides of this issue lamented how the federal law is three decades old. The original law was enacted long before the massive expansion in the use of email and social media. An appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court is likely in this case's future. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Want to join the spirited debate over issues you care about? At PSEagles.com, conservative strategists are blogging about education, radical feminism, climate change, national security, parental rights, and other issues you care about. Stay informed and add your own comments at PSEagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. You want to know why it's not going to work? Here's why. Think about the housing market. Not built by real supply and demand, right? We got fake demand from Wall Street created by our central bank, right, in an effort to fix it. And I I don't want to say that their intentions were bad, however misguided they were. Then you look at the retailers. Why are they all closing now? I mean, it's 10 years later. More of them are closing now. And the answer is simple. That was already way overbuilt 10 years ago. Oh, Amazon did. Amazon's not doing it. They were all out of business 10 years ago. They just wanted to cover it up. Think about how much more money just years was able to borrow in the last 10 years that they should have never been given. And then you start thinking about, right, how about autos, how about cars, trucks? General Motors was out of business. Chrysler was out of business. They bailed them out. The banks that bought all of these houses were out of business. Those are realities. And somehow we expected different results. You see the news out of General Motors over the weekend? They're now giving away $5,000 per vehicle just to try to sell them. Let's see. An automobile company that really wasn't very good got bailed out, and somehow we expected them to be better. Ten years go by, ten years later, and they're now giving out incentives as high as when the the height of the crash to try to get, get sales. Yet car prices and, and truck prices are at all-time record highs. How is this working? Again, you know, and I've been talking about price discovery in the fake economy created by the central bank in an attempt to, as they say, fix it. 
can't fix bad retailers. You can't fix bad car companies. You can't fix bad bankers. You let them go out of business. That's how things get fixed. And then a better operator what comes in and picks up the pieces through the ashes and they get them for pennies on the dollar. Yes. They didn't want any of that to happen. Right? Because that would mean right, the great economy that they allegedly had created really wasn't that great. And if you're listening, you know I'm right. And they can't understand why the economy's not back. The Wall Street Journal, they understood it. They understand it perfectly. Well, let's see. Uh, home sales, home construction, home remodeling is nowhere near the 60-year average. Average. Yet you would, I mean, when you hear about housing today, man, you think it's gone crazy. And you see it in certain parts of the valley here. They're building homes again. I don't know who's going to move into them. Right, but they're building them. And now the Federal Reserve is claiming that they're going to be, you know, continue this rate hike cycle. And quite honestly, they're clueless. Right? You look at all of the retailers. I mean, the, the store counts are they're off the charts. I don't know how any of this works. And 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 then you you take student debt, credit card debt, auto loan debt. Right? All of these things are at record highs. Talking about the consumer. You know, there's the, the lead article that Ramon has on our website today. Talks about student loan debt. Which, I don't know, how, how does it get to $1.3 trillion? $42.5 million Americans have student loan debt. Okay, so you start breaking up the population, right? About 100 million of them aren't even in college yet. Right? So you got about 200 million, right? And at least 60 or 70 million are like 70, 65, 60, something like that. You get rid of them. Now you got about 150 million, right? One out of three people between the ages of like 18 and let's say 60 have student loan debt. This is a brand new debt. You know, you think about the 60-year average on home spending. 60 years ago, nobody had a student loan debt. You know, here's the funny thing. So I was talking to my mom. I was talking to her the other day. And I don't know how old we were talking about my oldest son. 
and he's getting all of these letters from schools uh, that are wanting him to come play football. And it's great. I mean, it's so exciting. I'm so proud of him. But somehow we got on the cost of attending Syracuse. For those of you that don't know, I was born and raised in Syracuse. I went to Syracuse football and basketball games as a kid. I'm a huge supporter of the school, right? I follow their team. Just to attend Syracuse for a single year, $46,000. You tell me what's broken in America. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour. Real? Here's what's real. The debt that we have is real. That's, that's real. The price of the debt market, not real. Even with the manipulation, housing is near debt. Matter of fact, if you viewed housing and you took out just the last 10 years, just took them out, and you'd say, take out 07, 08, 09, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, took them out. Like they didn't happen. And you said, here's the numbers for 2017. People would be horrified. Right? Janet Yellen would be having an emergency meeting to lower interest rates. Right? The sky would be falling. I mean, that's a fact. These numbers are terrible historically. Then you throw in all the retailers shutting down. Again, take out the last 10 years, Janet Yellen would be having an emergency meeting to lower interest rates. General Motors is spending over $5,000 to get, try to get you into a car. By the way, Ford's right behind that. You know, they're all approaching that number. But General Motors is the highest. Right? The bailed out General Motors. Right? Who can't seem to understand how their business really works. Gee, go figure. Isn't that how they went out of business the first time? And then you look at the newest form of debt. And remember... This is what they call growth. Right? This is what they call growth. Student loan debt. Remember my, my mom and I talking about you And the reason we were talking about it is my son got a letter from uh, a school, uh, not in Syracuse, a smaller school in New York. And I was like, how the heck did they find my kid in Arizona? But there it is. And my mom was telling me, think about this, to go to Syracuse, which Syracuse is a very respectable college. But we're not talking Ivy League here. 
right? We're not talking like, man, this is one of the most prestigious schools in the country. I mean, Syracuse is best known for its broadcasting school. When you talk about uh, broadcasters, Syracuse by far has the most that you've heard of. Like, you know, Bob Costas went to Syracuse. I think Marv Elbert went to Syracuse. John Saunders went to Syracuse. I mean, that's kind of what they're known for. 200000 dollars if you can graduate in four years. And you start thinking about how 42 million Americans have this debt. In 2013, which wasn't that long ago, the debt they had was 26 grand. At the end of 2016, it was in... 30 grand. That's an increase of 17%. Right? You think about three years and you're like, okay, well, three years, right? 17% divided by three. Uh, that puts the inflation rate at about 5.66%. Uh, I don't see anything anywhere close to that. Remember, we're not even at two. Just ask Janet Yellen, she'll tell you. It said that the total federal student loan portfolio rose by $79 billion in 2016. Now think about what the study in the Wall Street Journal said about that could have been an extra $180 billion into the economy. Well, I just found $80 billion of it. <laughs> That's $80 less billion spent on housing right there. And and the the shocking part about all of this is now you start thinking about what are the ramifications of all of these things. And we're starting to witness it now. Right? Where's the next they can blow a bubble? Right? 1971, you went to Harvard, Princeton, right, for... Four grand, maybe. And and you start to really understand they talk about you need to be more educated. Yet a third of people that got graduate with college degrees are working retail. They're working at bars and restaurants. Another third are working in a field that they didn't even study for. But here's the thing about all of it. All of it created again by what? A fake debt market. And this is what we're struggling with. And this is why we can't get out of it. Right, eventually, what happens when you have too much debt? <laughs> you go out of business, you file bankruptcy, and you go out of business. The dreaded student loan debt, though, there's no escape from that unless you're dead. Patriot Radio News Hour, 
final segment coming up. Final segment on a Monday, 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Put something away that is real. You you think about how many times I've heard Eric over the years when he would tell people, you know, put in away gold, put in away silver. It's real. It's tangible. It's not a promise to pay. And you really, when you really come down to what's wrong, it's always the promise to pay. And what I mean by that is what's wrong is companies and individuals' ability to repay the promise. And I know they're trying to pretend that the fall was all, you know, the health care bill. The fall happened in in Asia Thursday morning when some Asian banks didn't want to lend to other Asian banks because they were worried about the promise to pay. And now, you, you know, really you start thinking about it. How do you really see this working out? I mean, all of these malls going under, right? I mean, let's face it, Sears. When that, now it's like it's the countdown clock is on, right? When, when, when is it? And they still have over a thousand stores, big ones, right? How far behind is J.C. Penney? How far behind is Macy's? You know, you think about, you know. Macy's and Penny's and Nordstrom's and you and you're like, wow, I, really? I didn't even know they were in that bad a shape. Right? And then you start hearing stories about the cars again. And you know what? It's not like we're selling, you know, twelve million cars. I mean, yeah, okay, it's not going to be the record we had last year, but last year, remember, it was a record. A record. And now General Motors is giving away $5,000 per car on average. Right? Just decimating the profit. Ford Friday gave a huge profit warning. Why? Because they got to give away thousands and thousands of dollars because what? They made too many cars to get. Right? And the realities are they turn people into renters. Over the last several years, leases have become the norm. You know, when you think about that, you could never lease a car. When did car leasing even start? Right? Really, we I, I don't even know the answer. I, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll find out. I'll tell you all tomorrow. But it had to be in the last, what, 15 or 20 years? And now over a third of every car allegedly sold is a lease. All these leases get returned, and they get returned upside down, and they tack it on, and right, it's all unpayable. All created by our lovely friends at the central bank. 
You have to be the one to decide to call, though, 800-951-0592. Everybody take care. We'll see, we'll see what tomorrow brings.